to Accounted For, the Iris Interviews podcast. I'm Beth Lanigan and I'm the Senior Accounting Market Specialist here at Iris Software Group. So as you may already know, I had my own practice for many, many years, which I successfully sold in the summer of 2022. And today we have a fantastic guest speaker, Reza Huda. We're going to be talking about to timesheets or not to timesheets. So Reza, I know you like this subject. If you just want to give us a little short introduction about yourself and then we can get cracking. Sure. Hey, Bev, great to be here again with you. Yes, so uh, I'm a practice owner. I've been running my practice for the last uh, 15 years, but thankfully over the last few years, I've managed to get it to run without me. And I spend my time now coaching and mentoring other accountants. I'm the founder of the Profitable Accountants community to help accountants to avoid the mistakes that uh, I made over time and get to where they want to get to a lot faster. Thank you so much. And obviously, I've known you for a little while now, uh, and you coached myself when I was in business, which was absolutely brilliant and got me to a saleable asset. So Reza knows what he's talking about, is basically what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) So timesheets then, Reza. So this subject always generates healthy debates in the accounting profession, doesn't it? Um, So so timesheets, yeah, it's one of those topics in accounting, whether you like them or not. So some firms, uh, I know, insist that getting rid of them were the best decision they've ever made. While other firms, I know that they literally say they can't do without it. And how do they know the charge out rates and fees are profitable by using it? So my first question to you then, Reza, is there a problem with timesheets? <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there is. I, uh, the thing is, it's, I guess it's it, you know, down to personal choice. But the problem with timesheets is that we are just doing it because that's just the way it's always been done. That's how the big firms do it. And because most of us trained at bigger firms, we just then inherit that way of doing things from the bigger firms. But we don't actually question that. What is the point of doing these timesheets? You know, the data that we think we're getting from timesheets, we're not getting it. So we just need to examine what what really, what, why do we use timesheets? What is the purpose of them? And then look at, okay, well, is it actually serving that purpose or not. Mm-hmm. So let's try and condense it into three areas, right? Okay. Uh, people use timesheets either to help them price or to measure profitability. Yeah. Or to know that your employees are working. Okay. That's probably the three big areas that people yeah. would use timesheets for. Yeah. Either to price, to work out whether we're making a profit or not, or, you know, to check that our employees are actually working. So let's mm-hmm. take each of them in turn. Timesheets. Do they help us price? Okay, so let's look at this one. We record time on a timesheet, so there are our costs, and then we look at that, and then we work out what to charge the client. But you and I both know there's, that this is problematic on many fronts. Firstly, we know that not everything on a timesheet is true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people make stuff on the timesheet. We all do. There was a survey done, and over 75% of people said that at some point in time, they have made something up on a timesheet. So if people are making stuff up on timesheets and if the data isn't 100% accurate, how can we still rely on them in the first place? Okay. So that's crazy, uh, from that front. The, uh, the other kind of, um, you know, issue with, uh, with, uh, pricing based upon timesheets is that we don't actually ever or rarely price based what's on the clock. We look at what's on the clock and then we look at, right. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't think the client's going to pay that much. So I'm going to write it off and then I make write-offs and then I charge what I think the client's going to pay. Or the alternative is I look at what's on the clock and I think I could get a bit more from the client. So I'll add a bit on. So 
at the end of the day, we're only going to charge a client what we think the client is willing to pay. So why don't we just do away with the rigmarole and start off with what we think the client's going to pay at the beginning, get them to agree to that price, and then start the work. It's a crazy way to price, you know, in terms of using timesheets. And we know that our value is not in the time and the hours that we spend because, I mean, let's look at it from a fairness point of view. Mm. If if we are if we are inefficient and if we are slow at what we do, then a client is being penalized for our inefficiency yeah. or our laziness. And that doesn't sound fair to me. Similarly, if we have managed to innovate and spend you know, time to build a system that allows us to do something a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently than another accountant, where where is the gain that we get from that? That you know, mm-hmm. and the investment in our time in R and D to uh, you know to to make more profit because we found a way of automating and working smarter. Because you know, being a business, being in profit is all about taking risk. And if we are taking risk to implement systems to find ways of doing faster and, and working smarter and working more efficiently, then we should be rewarded based upon risk, rather than expecting you know clients to foot the bill whether you know they're getting a result or not. The only thing that a, a customer cares about is the result they get, the solution they get, the outcome they get from you. They don't care how long it takes you to do anything. All they care, care about is the end result. So that's why uh, timesheets are not helpful or not a great way of uh, uh, helping us price. The next one we mentioned, the, the other common myth about timesheets is that they help you to measure profitability. Yeah. So how do I know whether I'm making a profit on a client if I can't use a timesheet to work out whether I am or not? Well, firstly, your timesheet doesn't do that for you, even though we think it does. Because if you want to look at your profitability, you, you look at your P&L account. It's impossible to work out your profit per client. Um, because your, your, you know, your firm is made up of interdependent uh, areas and it's, uh, it's not impossible to work out what your profitability is per client because the timesheet ignores one of the biggest advantages that we have in the profession as accountants. And that is the concept of lifetime value. So we are fortunate that we have clients that will stay with us for 5, 10, 15 years. In our practice, we've got some clients that have been with us for 40 years. Wow. I can't work out profit per client when yeah. I've got lifetime value to contend with. So, you know, trying to work out the math of the moment at one particular point in time, whether I'm making a profit on a client or not, is nonsensical because it ignores this big kind of, you know, asset that we have, this big benefit of, of having clients that stay with us for years. So what if, you know, a client calls me a lot this particular month because they've got a problem that is only enhancing our relationship. And as a result of me attending to that problem in this particular month, no matter how many hours it took, you know, I might not hear from them for the rest of the year. But if I looked at a timesheet in that particular month, my timesheet would tell me that that is an unprofitable client. I need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make sense. It's about we need to, we're pricing based upon value. Your timesheet is not telling you what your profitability is per client. That's impossible to work out. Just look at your PL and that's going to tell you how much profit that you are making. And the last uh, issue with timesheets is that we need them to know whether our employees are working, which, you know, just saying it out loud seems like a crazy thing to say in, you know, in today's world. You know, what, what, what kind of message are we sending to our employees in terms of, whether we trust them or not yeah. by getting them to record time in six minute increments. Um, 
And, uh, you know, who says that work happens nine to five these days? The nine to five is a relic of the industrial age where we had to work in factories for output to get done. We're in the digital age now. And, you know, the, the doesn't, work doesn't necessarily have to take seven or eight hours a day. We are knowledge workers. Our output is not limited to the amount of hours that we're spending in front of a computer or on a keyboard. Our output is in terms of how effective are we with with clients? How are we when it comes to developing those client relationships into uh, satisfying our clients into developing those you know wow experiences to help our clients to get those results, outcomes, and solutions? You know, our people are individuals. Some people will take longer on something than somebody else because they mm -hmm. might be a little more fastidious and you know um, you know care more about the detail than somebody else. When it comes to people, we you know we can be efficient with things, but we need to be effective with people. We need to look at what people's strengths are and cultivate those strengths and get the right people on the right seats. And that's how you get the best out of your people, not by getting them to complete timesheets, but no, which nobody likes doing. Well, exactly that. Yeah, I'm sure all employees, if, if I'd have done that with my uh, employees, which I didn't, by the way, I'm sure they'd have been very annoyed with me because it's taking up their time anyway, isn't it? Stop, start, stop, start all the time. Anyway, and, and like I've heard you say before, employees are getting paid anyway so we don't need to monitor what they're doing where they're doing it and things like that you know technologies come on leaps and bounds as you've mentioned that we can track projects and time and work in other areas than instead of messing about with it with a timesheet definitely and just like on our other podcast the way we've said about 2023 is the year in the pricing mindset shift um where we where we're pricing our clients based on value not time this is the same exactly what you just said Rosa, about employees the times have changed employees it's, it's the value that they're giving as well like you know it doesn't matter when they work does it really as long as the work gets done just mm. doesn't matter where they work neither but it all sort of interlinks into this doesn't it that it it doesn't it's just the olden days have gone we don't work like that anymore. <laughs> we don't. We just don't do it. Um, just on that point, we and this is um, this is a quote from the Work Sucks book, which mm. um, you know the founders of the Results Only Work Environment uh, wrote, and um, it's a great quote which I always uh, remember. In that we pay our employees for a chunk of work, not a chunk of time. So we need to get clear on what is that work. You know, hold them accountable to the work yes. rather than the time. And, you know, you as a business owner, that's all you care about as well. You know, that's what clients care about and that's what you care about. So stop faffing around with, you know, number of hours and give employees control over their time because, you know, employee might waste your time, but they won't waste their own time. Mm. So give them control over the time. So well, this is the amount of work you've got to do. I don't care how, you know, uh, when and where you do it, as long as it gets done, then we're happy. As long as all yeah. the clients' uh, deadlines are taken care of and all clients' emails are answered and clients are happy, then, you know, if they manage exactly. to do it faster, then, you know, they get to benefit from the win-win situation. Yeah. Absolutely. So if a firm isn't using timesheets, though, what happens when there is a problem? And does that firm even know that there's a problem? Absolutely. So, you know, the, by the time it hits the timesheets, it's too late anyway. It's like mm. you're trying to, um, you know, it, it, it's already gone. Instead, the way you become more efficient is how you capture and share the knowledge and the intellectual capital of your people. Yeah. Your people are your biggest asset. What mm. sits in the heads of all your people combined 
That's where the value lies. That's what you need yeah. to get out, capture and share amongst your team to make everybody more knowledgeable and to make you more efficient. That's what's going to drive your efficiency from an internal perspective. Mm-hmm. From an external perspective, it's, going to, it's everything to do with the other two pillars I talk about, which is positioning and pricing. Yeah. The more uh, the well positioned you are in terms of who you want to serve, so the more niche you go down, the higher price you'll be able to charge. Yeah. So if you get that right at the top end, the pricing and positioning, and then you focus on your two internal pillars by giving people autonomy, uh, people in process and get your systems uh, in place and share that knowledge effectively within your team, then that gap between the two will be even wider. And that's your profit that will fall out at the end. Brilliant. And so, so we were just talking roughly a little bit about this as well then. So is there an alternative management tool out there that we'd be able to use instead of time, not not instead of, but you know what I mean, to get all this value from your team that like you just mentioned um, and the benefits of using that? Yeah, I think the, the problem with us as accountants is that we're always looking for numbers. Yeah. And we're always looking for something to measure. Yeah. But there has been a lot of uh, research and a lot of thinkers and a lot of different books, things like uh, Nine Lies About Work and the recent book by uh, Ron Baker and Paul Dunn called Time's Up as well. And what you find is that these companies, they're not they're not trying to uh, have individual metrics for individual people. When you bring on really good people and you give them an autonomy and you give them accountability over results, they will perform. You don't need to measure them individually and come up with the numbers to see whether they are performing. Instead, uh, you know, you need to just focus on what are their strengths to get the right people in and then make let them let them loose on working in their zones of genius. So you need to get to know your individuals as people. Because when it comes to people, like we said uh, uh, in the last uh, podcast, you can be efficient with things, but you've got to be effective with people. And being effective with people requires judgment. Judgment is not something you can put a number on all the time. So it's about actually understanding your people. You know, what are their strengths? And uh, and a good tool to use on this is the working genius tool, which talks about kind of the two geniuses that each and every one of us have. And if you can figure out what are what is somebody's strength and how can I make sure that I'm giving them more work in their zones of genius, which is going to make them you know, flourish and which is going to make them more incentivized and more motivated in the work. Because as knowledge workers, we don't work harder when we give them more money. Yeah. We work harder when we love what we are doing, when we feel that we are growing, that we are yeah. using our internal uh, you know, God-given strengths and, yeah. and gifts. That's when we get more motivated in the work that we do. So it's not all about always getting a number. Sometimes you have to accept that it requires judgment and it requires working with people on an ongoing basis, having constant communication, capturing and sharing that knowledge amongst your team. And that's going to make you more efficient and get the best out of your people. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that. So let's wrap it up then, Reza. Um, if you could, if you've just got one thing from this episode that you urge accountants to take away, what do you think it'd be? Ditch the timesheet. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. No, that's brilliant. So thank you very much for joining us today. We do have a variety of other podcasts on our channel. So if you found this one useful, please do subscribe and follow us on all our Irish Software Group social media channels. Thanks again for listening. And thank you so much, Reza, for joining us. Thank you so much, Bev. It's been a pleasure.